Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill. Be sure to hit subscribe so that you get a good mood every single week. Today, we're talking with my good friend, Connor McKimmy, who just wrote a brand new book called Life Ignited. It was just released this week. Connor, welcome to the show. What's up, man? I'm, I'm happy to be here, man, and, and glad to get the opportunity to chat with you. Man, same. Absolutely the same. And specifically, what you're going to learn from today's show is how to excel through adversity. And uh, Connor is someone who knows about how to excel through adversity. He's had major adversity, and he's also excelled uh, in spite or maybe even propelled by some adversity. So Connor has an exercise that he's going to be talking with you. So stick around to the very end of the show. We're going to explain what he calls Mac mentality. And um, he also has a free resource for you. You're going to get the first two chapters of his newly released book, Life Ignited, for free. If you're already a subscriber of the Good Mood Show newsletter, I'll send you a copy. And if you're not yet, no worries. You can download a copy of that instantly at goodmoodshow.com when you sign up for the newsletter or just read out, reach out on the contact page and we'll send it over. Um, yeah, man, Connor, you've got an incredible story. And, uh, and you're an incredible success story and I don't, I don't want to tell your story for you. So I'm just going to let you get into it. Do you mind kind of taking us through, um, the tragic incident that had happened in your youth and then, and then what's happened since? Yeah, of course. Of course. So, uh, for me, you know, my life was pretty normal growing up as a, as a kid, as a youth, you know, I, I love sports. I had, uh, an older brother, a younger brother. We were all within a few years of each other. So I spent most of my days at a field, practicing, playing, competing, um, you know, with all of our friends and, and uh, it could be up the street at our local park or it could be in the gym, you know, for the middle schools or whatever. And uh, at that time in my life in seventh, eighth grade, you know, I was basically playing sports all year round. I was a football player in the fall. I played basketball in the winter and then I played lacrosse in the spring and summer and then just rinse and repeat. Um, so by the time I got to eighth grade, I really had been honestly out of practice or field every single day since the day school started, uh, up until we were on Christmas break. So I finally had a little break in the action and there was a really, you know, cute girl that I had liked and, and had been friends with for a while. And we were trying to figure out, you know, are we more than friends? Are we just friends? And, uh, for me, I, I just wanted, I've always been kind of like a hopeless romantic. And, and so I was like, I'll, you know, do this grandiose gesture. And if, if she likes me after that, great. If not, like, at least I know I tried, I put it all out there. I was, I was, I was ambitious in that way. And, um, so I had this night planned where it was, you know, I have, we have this outdoor fireplace, hot tub, put on some music, you know, roast some s'mores and all that good stuff. And, and and in my mind, it was like the perfect night uh, to, to, to me and, and 
something to, you know, just show that I care and I appreciate who she was. And as I'm getting the whole, you know, stage set, basically the stage set for tonight and everything's out there. I have everything ready. I got the music going. And the last thing I needed was to just get the start, the, the fire started. And I didn't want to have her, you know, there when I was doing that because it could be dangerous every now and again. And, and uh, I, I just wanted it all to be prepared for her when she showed up. And, and I'm struggling getting the fire to start. For the life of me, I really couldn't get it lit. And as I'm trying, I'm trying. There's more sparks that are flying up. There's a gas canister that's right near it that's heating up. And before I know it, there's just a huge explosion. And I just feel this force that ends up blowing me back a little bit. And I close my eyes and I can see this red-yellow glow around me and for it could have been the next 15, 20 seconds. It could have been a minute or a few minutes, but uh, I just remember getting knocked to the ground and put out with towels and, and, and whatever they had available, sofa cushions that were outside. And by the time I opened my eyes, I just stare at my hands and you can see the skin is peeled back. My clothes were completely burned off as far as my shirt and, and pants were concerned. And I didn't know the extent of how bad it would be, but it did not look great. And I tried to, you know, be as composed as I could, tell everybody I was going to be okay as they're putting me on the stretcher and wheeling me back into the ambulance. And it wasn't until I had that moment sitting in the back there looking at the guys taking care of me and I asked them, you know, am I actually going to be okay? And I remember you could see that kind of grim look on their face, but they're trying to support and in, in, in allow some kind of hope for a little kid and and before i really got an answer i was knocked out and, and next thing you know i wake up in a hospital bed three months later looking completely different wrapped from head to toe and in bandages and i couldn't talk right away because i was still on the ventilator but i just could see that this was a completely different version of myself i looked i felt you know an immense amount of pain and Instantly, I could see on my hands, I was missing a finger. My fingers were bent. I had pins in, in, in all my fingers. And you're like, wow, this is, this is, the, this is different. You know, for, his, for me, it was like I just went to sleep and I woke up and it was a whole new world. And, and to try to come to grips with them telling me you were burned 90% of your body. You were probably not going to walk again. You were given a 1% chance of survival, but just be happy that you're alive. You're at least alive. And we've made it out of the toughest part of the fight, which is the early first few weeks, first you know month or so as we're getting skin grafts and healing and battling infections and all those things. But I couldn't really understand what they meant when it was saying, when they were saying, you know, you're not going to walk, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to play sports and, and, being a naive teenager at 13 and turning 14 in the hospital, I didn't want to believe it. And so after a few weeks or a week or two of feeling pretty sorry for myself, I knew that that was never going to change my situation. I was never going to get out of that dark place if I kept feeling sad. And so I started asking what I can do to try to get better. What, what can I do to sit up? What can I do to stand? And I just became addicted to trying to get a little bit better every single day because I knew if I did that, I started building some momentum. I would eventually get out of the hospital, and who knows what what, what the rest of the world will, will will be for me. But I could at least start trying to change that progress. And and when I first stood, it was one of the most painful things I'd felt. 
Um, with my feet being covered in scars, it just felt like I was standing on rocks or walking on eggshells. And uh, it was something I had to get used to, but the drive to just try to get a little bit better is what I focused uh, on. I, and, and I just want to just honor the struggle that you went through. I, I was getting tears in my eyes as you were telling the story. You know, I remember myself at age 13 and how self-conscious I was and how I wanted the cute girls to like me. Right. And I wanted to play sports. I was outside every day throwing footballs and shooting basketballs and, uh, you know, throwing baseballs and all the things that the active 13 year old boys just love to do. And, um, and man, in, in one instant, in one instant, everything changed and you were out unconscious for three months with a mm-hmm. 1% chance of survival. And somehow, I mean, through the grace of God and the doctors as well, and uh, the people, you know, I'm sure it was your family that, that put the fire out as quick as they did. If they hadn't, that would have been the difference too. But somehow you persevered through this crazy adversity and there was a reason for it, right? Like, did you, did that, when did that occur to you that I, I am here against all odds and there's a purpose for it? I honestly don't think I had that feeling until a little bit later on in life. You know, I think early on I was upset that this happened to me like most kids and most people would be when they had, you know, tragedy or, or adversity hit, right? Your initial reaction is like, why me? Mm. You know, and, but then as you started to progress and as I started saying I could deal with, I could handle this, we were getting stronger. I was, I was making improvements. I, I felt, and I truly did feel that, you know, th- you wouldn't be given these challenges in your life. I truly believe this. You wouldn't be given these adversities in your life if you weren't strong enough to handle. Now, not all, we don't always come out the other side and we don't always succeed, but we are a lot stronger than we think we are. And I think, by going to that bottom of bottom where I was, it, it gave me a new perspective on on just the strength of our, the human being and, and beings in general, you know, and, and knowing that I had so many people supporting me and, and loving on me and, and rooting for me, you know, that gave me so much more strength when I was feeling down and I was, I was struggling and I was feeling sorry for myself. You just would hear stories of how much it meant you know, to your coaches, to your friends, to your family, just to know that you're walking again, that you're standing again, Mm. and and that gets you out of your bed, that gets you going again, that gets you feeling less sorry for yourself because you're fighting for more than just yourself. You know, you're fighting for all these people. And, and, uh, that was, that was what I, again, I know made such a difference in my life. Yeah. And, and, uh, I've been on this idea over the last year as I've faced, challenges that are my challenges over the past 12 months that what can look like a loss to our small self, our ego can actually be a massive gain to our higher self in that these adversities can crush us. Of course, if we allow them to, and we stay in this victim mindset, or they can empower us. And really the greatest version of ourself could be the version of ourself that rises up right? Literally out of the ashes, like the Phoenix. And this is, this is your story. And, uh, and, you know, so one of the first things that we were going to talk about today is understanding the power of your mind. 
And do you mind kind of getting into that and how you, this, yeah. this adversity really like showed you the true power of the mind? Yeah, I think, I think for me, you know, the biggest battle I was facing and the biggest battle we all usually face is that conversation with the person we see in the mirror, the person in our head, the person in our heart. Right. And, and, um, you know, I, I, knew that by just changing the narrative on some of the things that were being told to me, asking different questions, uh, and, and using my mind as something that could be a tool to overcome instead of a tool that is going to continue to put me down. You know, I think it was, again, early on, it was really easy to feel sorry for myself and, and, and kind of wallow in that. And what you said, you know, that victim mindset, but, I had to make a change and that came mentally, it came internally to say, I still have the the keys to write my own future. I have the tools to to handle this adversity, but I have to believe in it. I have to think about what it's going to take. And I have to have that, you know, understanding that it's not going to be done in a day or maybe a week or a month. But if I continue that pursuit each and every day, eventually it'll get to me, get me where I want to go. And, and, and I stopped focusing on, you know, I had these big goals that you think about that you strive for, but I stopped focusing on when I was going to get there. And I just started focusing on what can I do today to just get a little bit better mentally, Mm. physically, emotionally, and then carry that into tomorrow and live off those little victories so that I'm focusing. And again, I'm changing that narrative on what I lost what I can do, what I'm lacking to look, I couldn't walk two weeks ago. Now we're walking around the halls, um, you know, months go by and, and then you're finally running. You're finally out moving again. Then you get back out on the field. When I finally got back out on the field, it wasn't, wow, I'm back out on the field. It's like, I have to get a lot better at playing lacrosse and running around yeah. and being an athlete. It yeah. isn't good enough. You have to continue to go. And, and, and it was, you can take that pause for celebration and enjoyment, but it was always just on to the next, on to the next, because there was so much more I want, you know, I wanted to do. And, and, and it was because I saw with my mind, like when you set up those goals and you achieve them and you start, you know, breaking those goals and pushing past boundaries and, and achieving more than you thought you could, uh, that part does, it becomes almost like an addiction. You're like, I, I hope, what can I do? Like, let's find out. And wow. then you fail and then it humbles you. And then you're like, okay, all right, let's, let's work around this or how can we, you know, but that helps you improve for sure. All of us could take exactly what you just said and apply it to our own lives. I personally can take exactly what you just said and apply it to my life. What can I do today? What can I do today to get a little bit better than I was yesterday? And then wake up tomorrow. What can I do today to get a little bit better? And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm going after goals as well, right? What can I do today to get a little bit better today that then will help me get this big goal? And one of my big goals is publishing my book like you've just published yours. And, uh, and so, you know, you're, you were an incredible speaker at the make a wish, wish night and, uh, inspired 300 people 
that night with your story and and just an incredible speaker. Just what what an awesome MC, and um, and thank you for your heart too for the mission of of children that that are facing challenges like you, that that then get hope. You had told the story on stage about your wish coming true and how the wish actually showed you that, that you could handle more than you had thought initially. Do you mind telling that story? Yeah, of course. Of course. So I was in the hospital after being in the burn center in Augusta for a couple of months, I was transitioned to Levine Children's Hospital in Charlotte where I could get round, you know, basically a full day of rehab. It was like going to school but for rehab. And I actually went to school, which was pretty cool. I got to feel like a student, but I was working all the time and and getting stronger, moving around. I was probably at the best I I could have been physically at that moment, right? I was I was speed walking around the halls. I was moving. I felt like I was getting a little agile. I was, they have footballs and basketballs and stuff so I could throw around. I, I felt more normal than I had been in almost six months. Uh, but one thing I hadn't done was really test out my skin, okay? Because being burned 90% of my body, they had to replace a, a, a huge chunk of that with skin grafts, with these synthetically grown skin that was pretty new. And we we don't really want to test that by having me fall or pushing me over, bumping into things. They really want to protect it. And I had this wish with Make-A-Wish to go to Carolina Panthers practice, meet a bunch of the guys. Uh, I was one, my favorite team at the time, and I was a huge football guy. So my friends, my brothers, we all pile in this car. We go out to the facility, and we meet everybody. We're shaking hands. We're having a good time. And then as their practice is going on, they give us some footballs, and they set up a little field for us to play uh, a mini game. And I was going to be all-time quarterback, so I could just throw, you know, no, no, no rushing, no two-hand touch. It was just – Everybody lining up, just throwing the ball around, having a good time. And for whatever reason, we get close to the goal line. And my older brother, I guess, just blacked out because it was the first time in six, seven months he, he he felt normal again as well. And we were back out on that field like we had always been. And he decides to blitz me for whatever reason <laughs> and knocks me down. And everyone just stopped. Everyone was like, oh, my God, what just happened? <laughs> and that was like the first time I had fallen in, in, in really in the hospital, you know, without somebody like catching me or, or helping me ease me into a chair or whatever. When I didn't have the strength, this was a legitimate fall. Hit the a turf. tackle. Like he, he, he tackled you. Everybody stops. Everybody freezes. I know my older brother was just like, oh, my God, what did I just do? But after the, the brief, you know, chaotic moment, I looked down, I have a few cuts on my arm and my knee, just like anybody else would get. And a week or two later, it heals. And that showed us like this skin was capable of taking a hit, which we didn't think it was going to do. So that like triggered something in my little 14 year old brain that I was like, if I could take a hit from my brother, I could probably take some more hits on on the lacrosse field and, and it just gave me that hope that there's a chance that I could get back. And and one of the, again, the biggest worries for them was you're not going to be able to play contact sports. Your skin won't hold up. And I was able to say, look, it did. And crazy enough, 15 years later, after playing division one sports, college, you know, college intramural sports, high school sports, it held up and, and it, 
has really changed the narrative on what they thought these products could do. You know, again, this was very early on in the medical stage when they were trying some of these things out with me. They had no idea what what was capable. And now the whole whole rule book has really been changed. And there's kids, you know, that were in my situation that are gonna always be in my situation. Unfortunately, there will always be kids that that will will come under the circumstances of being burned or hurt or whatever. And now there's hope for them to not just get a somewhat normal life back, but go back to the life that they wanted and go live a life that they can dream about instead of having to think, you know, this is what I'm going to deal with for the next 50, 60 years. It's like, no, you can write your own story. You have the ability and And, and the medical field will back it up. And your dream was to play collegiate sports. Mm -hmm. And after having 90% of your body burned and not knowing if you would walk again, you fulfilled that dream. Hey, if you love to stay in good moods as much as I do, be sure to hit the subscribe button on the Good Mood Show podcast. That way we could get you a good mood every single week. And look, if you know someone else that could use a good mood, share the show with them. Send them a text message. Let them know about the Good Mood Show and let's brighten up the world. I wanted to talk about insecurities. And uh, man... You know, because it's being a team, we were talking about this before, uh, before we recorded today, uh, uh, you, you know, being a teenager or a preteen, like we're so concerned about getting a pimple, you know, or what are people going to think about this shirt even like, is this shirt cool enough to wear? And here you are as a 13 year old, 14 year old kid who's now had, you know, synthetic skin replacing your, your skin. And, you know, what, what can you say about, um, about these insecurities that we have and, and as we think people are judging us. Yeah, growing, you know, being a kid in, in, in that time of my life, it was, it was eye-opening and we talked about it. I, I spent some time early on where it took a while to get used to the way that I looked and, and this new version of myself. But what I always tell people when I'm giving speeches and I think I know I talk about it in the book a little bit, but we're so critical and so judgmental on ourselves when we're healing, when we're going through adversity, when we're not the best versions of ourselves. And when I, you know, I'm in the hospital and I'm physically healing, not and mentally healing from this, this, you know, massive event in my life. I'm sitting there and I'm so scared of that person that I see. I'm, I don't want to brush my teeth in front of the mirror. I don't want to get ready in front of the mirror. I'm avoiding my reflection at all costs. And it was because I was hurt. I was struggling. I was healing. And as I started to gain confidence through my friends, through that we, through the people that love me, and they started you know, treating me just like I was before the accident, they started reminding me of the best parts of who I was and not just that I was an athlete, not just that I was this kid that was running around on the field, you know, but I like to have a good time. I like to bring joy to people. I like to smile and have, have fun and, and, and laugh and, and all of those things. And you, you stopped seeing those scars more and more and you started seeing who you were from the inside out. And when I go and I talk, I, I, I try to preach that the most because when we get so down on ourselves because we look a little different or we're not happy with the version of ourselves that we see, it's usually because we're dealing with something, whether it's adversity, whether it's traumatic, 
whether it's emotionally, internally, whatever it may be, but we're not the best versions of ourselves. And I was just trying to focus on getting to the best version of myself. And when I focused on that and you started seeing the improvements in your life, again, both mentally and physically, then I started smiling a little bit more. I started hanging around the mirror a little bit more and, and, then I started owning some of that uniqueness, right? I had to come to the grips early on that, look, there was no amount of surgery that was going to fix everything. I was going to have some scars no matter what. And then I really want to spend every single, you know, every other month under the knife. Once I started getting back to the lacrosse field and back to school, no, I wanted to be a normal kid. And I had enough people there reminding me of who I was, wasn't the, person I saw on the exterior, but it was who I was trying to be on the interior. And although I wasn't always my best version every single day, um, you know, on my, that, on my low days, that's when those people are there to pick you up. And, and on your best days, man, they're just along for the ride and join you. And uh, I, I think it came to owning that uniqueness as well, where it's like, you know, we, we joke about it. I joked about it with you on the phone, but I had to, own the fact that I was going to look different and people were always going to be staring at me. And I didn't have to internalize it and be like, Hey, it's because I look different. It's like, let's change that narrative. Let's stop being negative towards ourselves and our inner self. And let's own that uniqueness. And I was like, look, I've been through something that none of these people could ever imagine. And, and I'm happy about it. I'm here about it. I'm promoting it. And so uh, we, we made that joke, but it's about, you know, I, I always call it being the hottest man in the room. Unless somebody else has, has gone through what I went through, like I feel that confidence. I feel that joy that, yeah, you're all staring at me, but it's not because, you know, I may look a little different, but I got a huge smile on my face. I, I think I got great hair and good eyes as well. Like, yeah, that's just, <laughs> but, but, you know, I have a unique voice. I'm a big guy anyway. There's so many other things that I could I could lean at outside of the scars and it's really easy to lean on those scars and be like oh that's what makes me different but you know again it's okay to be different we're all unique human beings and so why not be the hottest one in the room and, and enjoy that and who's gonna tell me different you know yeah. I, yeah. who's gonna tell like i mean i just i love this so much and it because every single day i can make the choice to walk out into public with my shoulders back and put a smile on my face and say, man, if anyone sees me today, uh, I'm going to brighten them up. Right? Like if any, if anyone looks at me today, it's because I'm, I'm carrying myself with a swagger and a confidence. It's also easy for any of us. I don't care if we've been through your adversity or, or our own adversity to think that, Oh man, things aren't going well for me today, or I'm not the best version of myself, or some you know somebody looked at me with a sideways eye, and it's because something's wrong with me. And to have that kind of victim mentality of man, what's wrong with me? And it's all it is seriously just my internal interpretation of everything. Right. The world is the way I choose to see it today. Without a doubt, I had a guy. Uh, man, I had a guy. I think flipped me off just this week. <laughs> And I and, and immediately I was like, because you know when I was younger something like that would happen and uh, and I like my mind would start racing to all these different stories about what's wrong with that guy or what's wrong with me yeah. and uh, and I'm and I this was just this week and I I'm like oh, I'm like okay it's my choice right now where how I'm gonna frame 
this exact situation of this guy driving by, putting his hand out of his car and giving me the middle finger, you know? And, and so, uh, I, I use the opportunity because, you know, there is an immediate thought that comes on of what a jerk or what's wrong with me. And then there's a second thought that can come up. And so I, I just chose a second thought, which was, I'm going to say a prayer for that guy. You know, and this is just me spreading positivity to somebody I don't know. But if somebody is having that bad of a day, they've got to roll their window down to put a middle finger out and try to yeah. try to create some hate. They're hating themselves that day. Mm-hmm. And then I so I said a prayer and I said, man, I'm a force for good. I'm out here to, to make the world a, a brighter place, a happier place. And it was just a choice. You know, it's just a choice. And, and I, I think your story of people, you know, being curious, they, ha- they haven't seen a person like you all the time and, and, mm-hmm. and looking at you and then you get to say, all right, what does that mean to me? Well, it means no one's been through what I've been through. You know, I, one of my favorite things you said is your scars are your symbols of survival. You know, what, well, how, how do you, because now you do look yourself in the mirror and you do put your shoulders back. You do have this swagger. What do you say about the man you see today? I think I'm I, I'm as happy as I've ever been. I, I can mm. be honest about that. It, it's always you're going through things, you know, where you might have some self doubt. You might have some maybe things aren't working out the way that you want. But a beautiful thing that I get to experience every single day is when I wake up in the and I you know go shower. I look in the mirror. You're reminded of of the scars and the fact of this is what I've been through and this is what I'm able to overcome and, and handle. Right. And, and it's a representation of so many things in my life that took a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, but was so worth it in the end. And if I was able to tell, you know, that 13 year old or 14 year old that was going through it, who had doubts, who, when, when the days were the hardest was like, man, maybe it's not worth it. Maybe, maybe I can't do this. I think he would be very proud to see where we are today. And, and that's what brings me joy because I remember how difficult it was in those early moments in that hospital bed, when you felt like you lost everything, you felt like the rest of your life was, was going to be out of your control and, and, uh, almost hopeless. And, Again, to be able to sit here at, at 28, almost you know, 14 years later, uh, just continuing to, to do things that I never thought were possible and, and live, a, live a full life, and man, it, it brings me joy. And so I'm reminded of the scars as, again, not as something that's painful or, or upsetting to me, but a symbol of hope, a symbol of resilience, a symbol of something that you know, when I'm down, when I'm hurting, it's like, dude, we're capable as a human being, we're capable of so much more than we, we could ever imagine. And, and this is a living proof. And you just got to believe that and trust in that. And when I when my back's against the wall, I feel like, look, I got great people around me. I got a great support system. And, and I got to lean on these people a little bit more in times of trouble. But again, we're as human beings, we've always been resilient and we're capable of, of doing things that, that we can never imagine. And just know that we have those tools inside of us it's about using them to our, to our benefit, because most of the time we use them to our detriment, right? We use our mind to tell us negative things. We use our heart to not believe. Um, and we don't have that faithful courage, you know, in, in the times when, when those things are out of our control and we got to have that hope. And, uh, 
again, my story is one of those things that I can control and what I focused on controlling. And, and when you use them to, to the best of their abilities, it's capable of doing so much more than you ever thought. And that's, and we're getting to the, the Mac mentality that we promised we would talk about. So what is this Mac mentality? So after being able to look back on a, uh, on on my life and, and some of the highs and the lows and what worked and what didn't work, I wanted to preach a message which was again one of those things that you can control, right? In a mindset, and when we talked at the beginning of this as of the power of the mind, I was like that was the key early on uh, to me when it was dealing with adversity, when it was dealing with those problems. And I wanted to kind of do a play on words because my nickname was C-Mac. Um, and so I took the MAC and I thought of a few words, but it was motivation, attitude, and courage. These are three things that we can control in our everyday life. And, and three things that all work together in unison in a way to see improvements, to see changes, but also to deal and withstand those difficulties in our lives, right? Motivation, the way that we talk about it is the driving force behind human action, both positive and negative, right? But anything that we do in our lives, there is a force behind it. And when we use that force in a direction that we want over a sustained time, I use the story of me walking, me trying to get back, right? The getting better, getting a little bit better every single day. When we maintain that motivation over a course of time, that's when you see big changes. That's when you see you accomplishing these goals. You need that attitude when you're viewed with, when you face those problems, when you get that roadblock, when, when every single day when you wake up, right? It's your choice to look at it as a positive, as a negative. It could be, oh, this is another day. Or, oh, this is another day. You know, I have the right. It's like just a chain of changes of the voice we we use in our head can be the biggest difference, right? That and that's all with our attitude, is our perspective, our view on things, and again, something that we usually can control. When we change that perspective, we usually change the reality and change what we see. And then the last one to me, which is the most important, is courage, because there's so many things that we can't control. There's so many things we can't predict. There's a whole world of people and things that are out there. And instead of being afraid of this, instead of being living in that fear or in that worry or any of those things, right? If you have courage, people always think the courageous people fear nothing. And it, it's not, it couldn't be further from the truth, right? It's they understand that that fear is out there, but it doesn't phase them. They, they understand that they have those tools. They have that strength to not just go through it, push through it, excel through it, but withstand it because there's going to be days, weeks, months where you might be dealing with something and you need to have that courage every single day when you wake up that it could get better today or it could get better tomorrow, right? And and by just continuing to have that courage to withstand that, that adversity, that's when you're able to persevere. That's when you're able to overcome so much more than you ever thought. Because it's usually that moment when you feel like you're about to fade, when you feel like you're about to fail, when you feel like you're about to give up, when you just get over that last little hurdle, it's like, wow, things start taking off, right? And then it's it's like you have to understand that with that courage, with the right attitude and the right motivation, whichever way you worry, work it, that mindset is is a powerful tool, a powerful tool and, and, and can be your biggest ally and your biggest weapon 
uh, when, when dealing with life's great unknowns and life's great challenges. The Mac mentality. I've taken it with me. My brother, thank you so much for sharing that wisdom. And, uh, and, and, you know, we've got this free gift. Connor is is offering the first two chapters of his book. If you're a subscriber of our newsletter, you're going to get a free copy. And if you want a copy of those of the, those first two chapters, just go to goodmoodshow.com and you can sign up for the newsletter and download it instantly or reach out on the contact page and we'll send it to you. Uh, man, I'm sure there are people that are going to want to learn more from you. How, how could people, I mean, buy the book, obviously. I know you said it's available on Amazon and also Barnes and Noble, but but how do you want people to get in touch? So I have a very active community, whether it's through my website, uh, which is macmentality.com, or you go to my social medias, either Connor McKenzie on Instagram or Mac Mentality on Instagram, Twitter, all those, where I just love having people reach out you know I, I always everywhere i go speak anywhere i go I, I post a little qr code that gives you those links and and just letting people know that they hey this is a safe space like when you're going through something and you feel like you don't know who to talk to it's like reach out we we, we sit there i go through all these messages i respond i try to add some perspective i try to add some positivity and and just let people know because I can't sit here and preach the importance of we and having those people in your life. If I'm not going to be there for my community, for those people. Right. And, and so I love having people reach out. And if it's having those one-on-one conversations, if it's bringing them to their schools or their businesses or whatever it may be and, and putting them in front of their, their teams and their leadership, like all of that stuff is great. I love, I love doing it. I love talking to people and it's been my calling. And, and again, I believe wholeheartedly that if if you're just impacting one life, then you're doing what you're supposed to do. And so if you're impacting more than that, great. Incredible. Right. But but I, I if one person on this planet heard this story and heard this message today and it clicked for them and it made a difference, then we're we're both doing what we're supposed to be doing. And and that that's what I, I believe in and that's what keeps me going. And and so if we can continue to spread that positivity, that joy and, and that happiness and that, that and, and lives, man, that's, that's what we're here to do. And, and I, I love doing it. And you're so good at it. You did. I could promise you one person today at a minimum has been inspired by your story. And that's me just being around you, man, lifts me up. I, I love the Mac mentality and I needed the reminder. You know, uh, one of the things that we, we all can lean on because I know every person listening has had adversity is, you survived it. You wouldn't be here to listen to the show today if you didn't get through every single thing life has tried to throw at you. You're, you were capable of getting through all of them. And I, your story has reminded me that, hey, I can look back at past adversity and say, hey, I got through that one too. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today, Connor. It's just been my honor to get to know you and call you a friend. Thank you so much, man. I continue to spread the good word, man. And, and add that positivity in the lives that, that I know you already do. And, and let's continue to do this thing together, right? I love it, man. All right, we'll see you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. For free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.